0: Welcome back to another episode of Rocky Unscripted, where we talk about faith when Sunday is over. So glad you're joining us again. And I think today's episode you are going to love. We sit down with three lovely ladies who are busy raising kids and working lots of jobs, just incredibly productive people. And they've learned a lot. Uh, We are going to hear from Jory Smallman. We're going to hear from Jen Moyers and Amanda Carver. This conversation is rich, and I'm excited for you guys to dive into it. Before we dive in, let me say this. If you love this podcast, if you even remotely like this podcast, we would love for you to follow the podcast wherever you're listening, because that makes sure that you have uh, downloaded any new episodes. Um, Also, review us, rate us, share it with your friends, share it with your family. I think especially today's episode. That gets us into the, the hands of, of more and more listeners out there, helps them discover us. So, without any further ado, let's dive into the conversation today as we talk about parenting, as we talk about motherhood, spirituality, community, all kinds of good stuff. Thanks for joining us again, and let's listen. Well, I am pumped to be in the room with all of you ladies. Thanks for being on the podcast.
1: Yeah. yeah, thanks for having us.
0: So let's let's get to know you guys a little bit. Now, some listeners will know you, but most will not. So could we go around the room, maybe starting with you, Jory? So I'd love to know, what's your name? Um, tell us about your kids, and what do you do?
1: Uh, so I'm Jory Smallman. I actually work at Rocky, so I oversee our communications department. Um, and I have two little girls, so I have a almost one-year-old I can't believe she's going to be one in That's two crazy. weeks. Like blows my mind that yeah. she's been here that long. Um, and then I have a little girl that just turned three. And so our house is full of Paw Patrol. And <laughs> currently like just <laughs> uh-huh. got done potty training, the oldest one, and snacks. And
0: and is your house the, just little... like really quiet and peaceful?
1: Um, it is when they go to bed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough.
1: Otherwise, I my two girls, and you guys have girls too. They never stop talking. Mm. Like from the time they wake up, even my like almost one year old just babbling nonstop. (laughs) My poor husband is in for it
2: (laughs) when they both have words and Mm -hmm. they just never stop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's awesome though.
0: Jen, tell us about yourself.
2: Okay, well, I'm still back on the fact that you have a three year old and you're done potty training because I think that was like 10 for us. <laughs> she so, just decided, she just like woke crazy. up one day and she's like, this is what I do. And I'm like, all right, I'm in, let's go. You know how they say, like, <clears throat> excuse me, that parents have to pick their battles? We were like, yeah, we're not picking that one with yep. all four of them. So. Yeah. Uh, So I'm Jen. H-10, that's going on record. H-10 is when your kids were. Okay, maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration, (laughs) but it felt like H-10. I'm Jen Moyers, and I have four kiddos. So my oldest daughter just went to college. Uh, She's 18, and then Maddie is a sophomore in high school. I have a sixth grader and a fourth grader. So we have kids in literally every, so elementary, middle. High school and college now. That's crazy. And I uh, do a whole lot of little things. So besides being a mom and homeschooling, I also run a competitive basketball club for middle school girls and that runs year round. And then I also run a sports ministry here at Rocky in the winter.
0: And how long have you been doing the sports ministry at Rocky?
2: I think it's been nine years. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. It's crazy.
0: So it was like almost as soon as you and Sean Got here.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, like a year later. And I remember too, because they kept saying, are you sure you want to do this? Do you know? <laughs> and I was like, I think so. Should I, and I remember I just kept saying that, I think so. Do I not want to be doing That's
0: this? a very <laughs> ominous question. Yes. Are you sure you want to yes. do this?
2: But, yeah. Number of people.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right on. All right, Amanda, tell us about yourself.
3: Yes. I am Amanda Carver. Um, I am married to Nick Carver, host over here. Hey, That's buddy. Right. That's right. Hey. <laughs> and we have four girls. So we have Caroline is... 13. Turns 14 in a week yeah. and a half. Wow. McLaren's 12, Penelope's 10, and Blakely is 5. Yes. And I run a secondhand clothing store that's all online. So I am a, I don't know, clothing <laughs> slinger? <laughs> Clothes slinger. You're the cutest. <laughs> Thanks, Jen. <laughs>
0: so incidentally, all of you guys are working moms. You you are moms, but you also have a lot going on in the working world and um, we wanted to have you guys on the, the podcast because you guys represent different ages of, of children right now. Everything from a one-year-old, right, mm-hmm. all the way to a college freshman. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot that goes in or goes on during that time. A lot of lessons learned, a lot of experience. And we, we when we had the idea, it's like, hey, we we wanted to interview you. last podcast was uh, Amanda Rohrbaugh and her, her girls. And we're like, let's do another one, which is a, a wider range. Mm-hmm of age groups. Um, so I want to talk about parenting today. Yes. Obviously you guys are all moms, so we can talk about motherhood, but it's parenting, the things you've learned. I'd love to talk about, um, just different spiritual things, how you find community right now. So it's just kind of like all over the place. So we're just going to dive in, ask a bunch of questions and, and kind of see where it takes us. Sound. That
4: good. sounds. Good. Sounds
0: scary, yeah. or okay. No. Sounds let's good. Do okay, it. cool. So uh, first, I wanted to. I feel like in our culture over the years, there's so many cliches that are attached to moms, and they're probably represented in different like seasons and different like points of society. I feel like I remember back in the 80s, there was a stereotype that moms just like watch soap operas <laughs> and folded <laughs> <Eight> laundry, <bonbons. laughs> laundry. Did, and did your bon mom bons.
3: watch soap operas? Raise your hand. Mine did. Oh yes. Yeah, three yes. out of the four okay. of us. Yeah.
0: So I watched several since I was the baby uh, yeah. in the family.
3: Days of our lives yeah. was my yeah. days of our lives. Yeah. yeah.
0: But are there some that are like right now that you just wanna say, like, this is just like completely not true, at least in my in your life.
3: So I was with a girl once and we both had a couple toddlers and we were talking about whether we were gonna bring kids to something or not. And in my mind I was kind of thinking it was gonna be like an adult dinner. So I was kind of I hadn't said it yet. And then she said, well, I always love to have my children with me. And I went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, shame just washed over me. Cause I was like, what is wrong with me? Mm. Cause I love my kids, but I don't always want them with me. Yeah. And then I thought, does that make me like, am I deficient in some ways that I need to like escape my kids? But this woman doesn't. Yeah. But there was a sense of like, to be a good mom, you just need to have your kids with you all the time. Yes. Yeah. And I had to work through that. Yeah. I feel like that's a
1: huge cliche, especially before I had kids. And I remember Amanda Carver actually said one of the best things I think anyone's ever said to me. I know, (laughs) is when I was pregnant with my first. And um, I think we were having the conversation like, are you still going to work full time? And I was like, yeah, I'm planning on it. And I'm still going to have her in daycare. And I even confided in you. Since I have Fridays off, I was like, "I'm even gonna have her in daycare on Fridays." And you were like, "You go, girl! Like, don't <laughs> let anyone ever make you feel bad for having your child in daycare on your day off. Mm. Like, if that's what you need, do that. Like, mm-hmm. don't feel bad about it." Yeah. And so, like, that has lived in the back of my head, like since then. Of like, don't feel bad for doing what you need to do.
3: Yeah, that's a mom care to piece. take care of
1: yourself. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, how has that been?
1: It's been great, like, having just those days where it's, like, and because my husband works here, too, and we have that day off, it's, like, a day that we had with, like, no yeah. kids, mm-hmm. which is really hard to find when you have little kids, like, just that time that you're
3: yeah,
0: yeah mm-hmm. without them. And that was probably a, a situation, wasn't, like, it was kind of all or nothing, like, you're paying for that Friday no matter what. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's, like, I'm going to give my money's worth. So yes, you will exactly. be today. going to yoga. Yeah. <laughs> since I'm already paying for daycare.
0: Yeah. Yep. What about you, Jen?
2: Well, I just think it's interesting because we have on the opposite side. We homeschool, so our kids are with us all yes. the time. Blessings, and, uh, yes. <laughs> but it's funny because we get some of the opposite of like, why would you do that? Like, why would you? And and it's not that I have the I have to have them with me all the time. You know, for other reasons, we just felt like that was what. You know, the Lord was leading us to. And so it's interesting mm-hmm. that you get both sides of that of yeah. like, you don't want them. Oh, you do, you know, do <laughs> mm-hmm. do that,
0: so. so how do you, f- how do you find some space?
2: I think, um, We're still working on that. (laughs) Um,
0: You'll figure it out in like 15 years. Yeah,
2: as they get older, it's definitely they learn a lot of independence. And so it it gets a little bit easier the older they get just because it's a it's a totally different lifestyle. And so there's like, you know, I can be here and they can be working because Mm -hmm. they're old enough to be able to do that now. So.
0: Gonna ask something?
3: Well, I was going to say to piggybacking, some women are better at having their kids with them all the time. Like to me, that was overwhelming mm-hmm. and I needed the work mm-hmm. away balance to be my very best. Yeah. But I saw women that homeschooled that mm-hmm. and it was beautiful. They could do that really well and super mm-hmm. graciously. I could not <laughs> have done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was angsty if I didn't have a work home life balance. Mm-hmm. So, but that's what I like, you didn't necessarily need to have that distance and that was okay too.
2: Well, and I think it's interesting too, just talking about, you know, how we all have what we need for us. And I I won't lie. Like when my kids get to, we send them off when they get to ninth grade and that's a joyous day too. Mm -hmm. So, Mm you know, it's just what, you know, what we feel called to right now for a certain reason for these kids, you know?
3: Yeah.
0: Well, I remember hearing some stories from you and Sean that I think even the homeschool thing, and you mentioned this specifically a minute ago, but like you took kind of a lot of flack for mm-hmm. that because there weren't many people in your circles that were doing that. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. And uh, I think it's interesting how that can just be constantly, you know, you guys, uh, Jory and Amanda, sometimes have felt that pressure of like, wait, you don't want to be with your kids all the time? And you're experiencing pressure. like you It's just like, mm-hmm. okay, I think we all need to take a step mm-hmm. back and realize there's going to be different things for different people. Yeah. And it's going to work yeah. really, really well. Yeah. So as far as, no, all all three of you uh, ladies are Jesus followers. So there's, there's aspects in your life where, like, what does that look like? What spiritual rhythms are working right now? What do you find to be helpful? Because in that same vein of what we're talking about, we could easily be like, if you're not waking up and spending this much time reading the Bible and praying this long, then you're doing something wrong. And I would imagine maybe that works for you guys. Maybe it doesn't. What is helpful right now?
1: So I'd say for me, one thing that I realized after I had my first is I, like your life just becomes so consumed when you have an infant. I was like, I'm not getting God time. So it's like, how do I figure this out to better do this? And so when I had my second, one of the things that I loved starting to do, because it's like a lot of times they're up before I am. And I'm just not a morning person, so it's like no matter what, I'm not going to get up and, like, have my God time before my kids come running into my room. Um, But ending my day, because they want to be rocked asleep still at this age, and it's like just spending that time rocking with them, praying. It's like it's such a peaceful, quiet moment of, like, I get 30 minutes of they're just asleep on my chest and I can just pray for myself, for them, for my marriage, for my friend, like all the things. And it's like, I can sit there in that moment and have that God time. Mm-hmm. And I have found that to be so much more filling than trying to cram something in that it's like, other people say I should do this. And so instead of trying to make it work, it's like, this is what works for me. Yeah. I just spend quiet time at the end of the day, holding my baby,
2: praying, and it's great. Mm. I think it's so interesting just because we're at such different stages. So I have a kid in college and high school. So there's no peace and quiet at the end of the day and Mm. the day doesn't end until midnight. And it's usually
0: kidding me? Midnight
2: (laughs) It's usually, you know, those are the times when they're coming back from, you know, coming back from college late or, you know, to grab something or you know, high school practice is getting over super late because we, you know, commute an hour, you know, to get to practice and get back. And so those are the times when they're piled on my bed and just unloading after the day. So there's, it's just interesting because it's it's a totally different rhythm. I think for me, a lot of it has become trying to intertwine what I'm doing with the girls. And so, you know, there's podcasts that we're all listening to together. We, uh, read the Bible in a year plan to get a lot of it's together trying to be intentional because I only have them for a certain mm-hmm. amount of time. And so while I still have influence over that, it's trying to do that with them and just help kind of help create some habits in their lives. And so it's really wrapped into where they're at right now, mm-hmm. just like it is for you. Mm-hmm. so interesting. Yeah, just like a different I'm, version.
0: I'm curious though, Jen, could you share a couple of those podcasts? Because there might be listeners that are like, I need to listen to something. With oh, my, kids. my
2: favorite one with the girls is the Sadie Huff podcast. And okay. So I think it's whoa, that's good. Oh, it's it's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Whoa, it's so good. Oh, okay. But it's interesting because uh, even Sean, my husband, has the girls have shared some things with him. She does a really good job of having a variety of people that she interviews on it, and it seems to hit all different topics and it's not just for, you know, teenage girls. And so it's been, that's been the most influential one.
0: Very good. I'll, uh, I'll link that in the show yeah. notes so people can mm-hmm. click on that.
3: Well, Nick and I have hit a couple of bumps with our kids where we've been like, without, without Jesus, I don't know really how to parent. I don't know <laughs> really what we would <laughs> do. And so I think the importance of like being connected to Jesus becomes more aware, the more like humbled you are in any situation. Right. And so what's the ver- I don't, know, I'm going to like mess it up, but the verse is basically like be ready in season and out of season mm-hmm. to like share about God. Mm-hmm. That's a bad summary, but I think about that with our girls because they're going to, there's every day, someone's bringing something to me that I need to be in season, ready to say something mm-hmm. about God, because it's, It's not just, um, they have a friend thing, but under the friend thing is a spiritual lesson that is sweet and deep and Mm. full of opportunity. If we have eyes to see, sometimes we're busy and tired and worn the junk out and we just don't do that. But I think the importance of staying connected to Jesus feels Mm. huge. Um, And that has been so on the fly for us, for me, over all these years of parenting little ones. Like I am finally have a five-year-old that's the oldest anyone's been in forever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, yeah, extended (laughs) periods of time reading and stuff is great, but there's a lot of on the fly, praying in the car, podcasting, listening to scripture, like everything on the fly as it can be, and then applying those things with the kids very specifically.
2: I find too, Amanda, that like as my kids – go through different stages that I get to a place where I'm like, okay, I haven't heard this one before. I need help. I need language. I need resources. And so a lot of my spiritual development is like finding mm. resources that then I can have the language mm-hmm. to be able to have those deeper conversations because we're evolving, you know, as we parent through right. the different ages. And it's so different than when they were one and three, you know, when they're 18 and 16.
0: Right. So I wanted to read the, I was able to, Look that up when you were talking about it, Amanda. So it's Second Timothy 4. And uh, to your point, it says, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage oh, yeah. with great patience mm-hmm. and careful instruction. So I, I want to ask you guys, so I had a moment last night, I know we're talking about uh, moms right now, but I had a parenting moment. I was driving my kid home and she has this story, a situation with a friend that really, really, hurt her feelings. And it was like a year ago. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I just can't believe she just wants to move on like nothing happened. And my first thought is like, I am so over this. And uh, I mean, this is is what I'm telling her. But there's there's just anger underneath everything I'm saying. I'm like, you need to forgive her. She's moved on. You're the one that's being held back by not forgiving her. Jesus would forgive her. Can you imagine if Jesus didn't? I'm like, Thrown in spiritual stuff, mixed in with like parenting stuff with a whole lot of like impatience and anger. So I walk away like, and I think McLaren will be fine. Maybe I shouldn't just said her name, but um, she doesn't listen to the podcast. They
3: do listen to the podcast.
0: (laughs) Okay. So um, one of my children, I'll say that. Um, She'll, you know, she'll be fine. But what about those moments when you know that you are parenting, but you're just not doing it well? How do you deal with I really just like botched that I messed that one up or maybe that doesn't happen to you.
1: No. So I actually have a story I would love to share. So one of the biggest things before I tell the story that Sean and I try to do is go back and apologize. Um, I grew Uh, up in a house where my parents never mm -hmm. apologized to us. And so it's like, that's something I want to do differently. And you know, I've talked through that with my parents. Um, But so my husband was out of town. I was like at my wits end with my kids. I think he'd been gone for like five days. Enough. And I, only had, a long time, I think yeah. I only 20. had one at this time. Um, and we got in this heated battle over having a lid on her cup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, She really wanted to be all grown up, no lid. I kept telling her, you're going to spill if you you're don't Like have a lid. I can
0: see the future right now. Okay, yeah,
1: <laughs> I, I am predicting what's going to happen. So finally, I just give in. I'm like, whatever. Here's your juice. Take it. Go to the living room. Not even two minutes later, she knocks her cup over. It spills everywhere. She's devastated. I go into the living room with the worst voice tone. And I'm like, well, I told you so. You spilled your juice. (laughs) And she's sobbing. I'm like, go get a towel, clean it up. And she's like, will you help me? Will you help me? And I was like, no, you made a mess. Go clean it up. And so my like two-year-old at the time bawling her eyes out is like going and getting a towel, cleans it up. She's
0: like Cinderella.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for real. (laughs) So she goes back into the living room, is watching a show. And all of us with, like, kids, if you do screen time with them, you know they get, like, engulfed in what they're watching. So she's in there watching her show. I'm in the kitchen putting groceries away with an open bag of chips. I turn around (laughs) and I knock the entire bag of chips on the floor. Uh (laughs) And my two-year-old stops watching her show, runs into the kitchen, and she was like, Mama, are you okay? and I was like oh no yep and she was like what happened and I was like the chips fell and she's like it's okay accidents happen she's like do you want me to help you pick them up and I'm like (laughs) sobbing at this point like Uh sure you can help me and so she's like patting me on the back like making sure she asked me like 10 times like are you okay and like keeps just reminding me like it's okay like we'll clean it up it's gonna be fine And I call my husband after, crying my eyes out, telling him the story. And I was like, I'm such a terrible mom. Like, I was so mean to her before. And he stopped and reminded me. He was like, but if that's what she's doing, like, we have to be reminded most of the time we're setting a good example. Like, she's not doing that out of nowhere. Mm. Like, most of the time we have a good example. So I, you know, collected myself, went back over, apologized. But, yeah, it's like those moments of... We're not always our best, but then God gives us these little moments to remind us, like, you are doing a good job. Mm -hmm. Like, you're doing a good job Mm -hmm. being that example to them. Otherwise, she wouldn't have
3: come over and been like, are you okay? That's true. Yeah, you got to zoom out of the situation and look down, like, big picture. And I think for me, it's like, I have a choice to spiral or not. Like, if something is getting chaotic, I can let my mind go and be like, these kids are crazy. I'm doing a bad job. This is all going to crap, you know, uh, or I can stop and collect myself and reframe my thinking. I have a choice and I choose both ways on the daily. But I think when you know that your thoughts control your behavior and influence how you act and treat people then, and you have control of your thoughts, you're the one that controls your thoughts. Mm. Then you can change. You can turn a situation. Um, if you're willing, yeah,
2: really. That's something that we've been trying to do too with having older kids is you know, we're trying to learn communication skills. And so there's a couple things with that. Like, you know, because we did spend a lot of time together, you know, with the homeschooling and just being together in spa- in that space for longer amounts of time, there was a point where our girls started learning to be able to say, I think I need a little bit of time to just go sit in my room. I think I feel, I feel this way and I think this is what I need right now. And, and I feel like as a parent, it's, that's something that we're trying to learn how to do too. If, Hey, I actually am just a little bit edgy today. I mm, think like yeah. I think I need to go and just have a little bit of alone time or I think or you know, being able to come back and say, "Hey, how did you feel when I said that? I apologize. I think you know, here's what's going on in my life that's causing that response and just learning to communicate through those of just feelings we're trying to get better at that, the older our kids get. Mm-hmm.
0: That's good and they in the same way that you were saying that, joy, they're probably learning that from you guys. They probably hear you guys say, Hey, I need a little bit of space or, you know, picking up on those cues. That's a good life skill. Yeah. One for them to be able to read the room Mm -hmm. Uh, for other people, like give them some space. Mm -hmm. Maybe don't ask that question right now, but also recognize it in, in themselves.
2: Well, I think too, we tell our kids all the time, you know, your, your relationship with your sibling you're practicing for a relationship with friends someday, a relationship with yeah. a spouse someday, a relationship at work someday. So all these learning to communicate through all of this, it's just practice. So let's let's try to get better at this.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I would imagine that different seasons uh, are okay. Like we we all think back, I think all of us went to university or college um, here. That That season or even high school, it's easy to make friends. You're constantly like around people that are, Like similar interests and all that kind of stuff. And then I think the older we get, the more demands on our time, it gets more and more difficult to find friends, to build community. What does that look like? You can either speak into now or how do you find community? I'm sure there's listeners right now that it's like, I I don't have a lot of community right now. I would love to know how other people are investing in their own lives in that way right now.
2: Nick, I, I, I just having those kids that age, like it's interesting to hear you say like, it's so easy to find friends in high school and college. We have not had that experience mm. as well mm. with having older kids of just like, that's actually been one of our biggest struggles is finding those deep friendships that they're looking for mm. because they they haven't found as many kids in the same lane that they are yeah. that just have the same values. And so like going back to the resources are like the, the most influential resource for having girls in high school. And to the point where, my kids that graduate high school that I've coached for years, I buy the, them this book ahead of time. And I'm like, I just want you to have this because you're going to need this. Mm. Going into college is Lisa Turkhurst's Uninvited mm. book. So
0: good. So
2: good. Mm. What's, and What's it about? It's about dealing with rejection in every area of life. So it could be friendships or opportunities or relationships, or, but just learning what to do when things are not always easy and you have rejection in any area of life. And so I think that's it's just been an interesting journey for us because we're constantly you know, teaching and, and even like to ourselves saying, Hey, just keep running your race and just keep looking over to see and eventually you'll find people who are in the lane next to you on either side and those are your people. That's but good. it just might take a while to find those people.
0: Mm. And I guess the the alternative to that could be uh, kids that are like I'm just gonna go find friends no matter what mm-hmm. and they might find the wrong friends yes.
4: mm-hmm.
2: yeah. So I think that book just helps with the loneliness. That I, I yeah. mean my kids have had loneliness mm-hmm. so and I, I think that would be a common theme just with mm-hmm. The kids that I've coached to of just you know having to deal with I don't have people Yet that I feel like are my the kind of people I'm looking for mm-hmm.
0: So what does that look like now for you guys?
2: Well when the kids were littler
3: Like when they were all toddlers, you know, you have, there was this like group, I don't know. I felt like it was easier to like play date and stuff because, and you kind of just forced all your kids to be friends with each other, you know? Mm -hmm. And then as they get older and everyone's more spread out and um, busier, it's, it is as a mom, you have to work harder to maintain friendships. At least I have had to. Um, And I'm, I have had long-term female friendships like my whole life they're really a huge priority so for and you're talking about us our friendships, yeah Yeah. so for me I know that I need those relationships in my life so Nick and I prioritize like I'm doing girls nights I'm doing girls getaways like that is going to be something because that's going to actually make me a better mom and wife to have those built-in times just because there's so much my friends are wise (laughs) And my friends are gracious so I can bring them all the things and they can give me feedback and um, it makes me a better person. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that answered it, but
2: that is such a blessing to have that, too. Yeah,
1: Um, I think for me, so like before COVID, kind of what Amanda was saying, like it was really easy to like have playdates or connect with people like I found finding community in, I would say, like programmed areas. Was really easy because it was like, oh, there's this like mom's group or there's that like there's all these things that I can go to and I can bring my kids and all of that. And then it was like everything shut down. Oh, yeah. And one thing that I realized in myself is like, I'm not good at creating community when it's not put in front of me. Mm -hmm. Like it's really easy when like that program or that small group or that whatever it is, is in front of you and you just sign up and go. Um, but I saw myself and probably a lot of us can see that, like when it's not out there for us, it's hard to create that. And I'm more introverted. And so it's really easy for me. Like if I go pick up my kids just to like keep to myself, pick up my kids, leave. And so one thing that I realized through that, like when everything got canceled is like, I need friendships. I need like those deep like girlfriends to connect with, like those other moms to connect with. I have to start seeking that out on my own. And so I remember it was like one day at pickup and I just turned to this lady that I had seen, but like never talked to at my kid's school. And I was like, hi. And she was like, hi. And it was kind of awkward at first. She's like, I thought we didn't do this. Yeah, exactly.
3: We're, We're like, making eye contact. Yeah.
1: And, you know, we just had small talk and it was one of those where like, then she finally was like, um like, can we hang out? Like, I need friends. And I was like, I need friends too. (laughs) Like, let's do a play date. But it was like kind of getting over that like initial awkwardness. And like, we're still good friends today. We do tons of play dates every week with our kids. And but just doing that with like other moms that I see too at like my kids school or just like here at church, just different places where it's like, I need to get out of my comfort zone. And just like, basically be like, hey, do you want to be my friend?
0: Yeah <laughs> what's funny is I feel like what's that that is happening with your children inside that room you know like yes. like hi, you know, what's your name? <laughs> and you're doing it in the the pickup line yeah <laughs> I, I think like,
2: it's so it's so important too, just to just remember like you're in a, a phase where your kids are little and it's it would probably be really easy for you to be like i just want to go like i i just i just want to go home and not take advantage of this opportunity but you're putting yourself out there because you know it's important and and just putting a value on making the time for it probably same thing amanda it would be easy to to say well i'm too busy for a girls night or a girls weekend because i have all these things that are pressing or my business or this or that and mm-hmm. just putting a value on mm-hmm. how important that is to have that peace in your life
0: mm-hmm. jen i'm curious with you as your girls are getting older and it may be too soon, but I, I I hear moms and dads talking about their adult kids like they are they are my friends, mm-hmm. like not not my only friends, but they are my friend. Like you, there starts to be some kind of reciprocal relationship. Is is that beginning to happen? What does that look like? What's that balance like? Yeah, it's
2: definitely happened with the kiddo that went to college. Um, I I would say like in high school, there was still a lot of intentionality and parenting and boundaries and just having to keep that. But it definitely happened the minute she went to college because she's in charge of her own life now. And so it was easier to step back and just be a friend. And so it it, it seemed almost instantaneous, to be honest, like the minute she drove out the door, it just was like the shift just happened.
0: I mean, is it at the point now that you would actually talk to her and... I don't know the right word, almost like confide in her as yeah, a friend. Yeah,
2: I actually did that. I was like, I, I called her the other day and she actually was able to pick up. And I was like, I just, I just need to talk to a friend for a second. Can I just tell you like something that just happened in my life? And I just need a friend to listen. And she was like, I'll be your friend. And I was
0: uh, like, thank you. Cool. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, That's cool. I guess it's already happening with you, Jory, with Corbin, like patting your back.
3: Yeah. She's <laughs> like, no,
0: wait, it's
3: okay. She tells me all the time that I'm her best friend.
1: It's
0: so sweet. Oh, that oh my is gosh. cool. Yeah.
3: It's so funny because kids are so selfish for so many years. Mm -hmm. So when they make a switch to starting to even like realize something about your life is the one that lives with. so (laughs) true. Like, mom, how was your day? How did that go? And you're like, you care about me? (laughs) I thought I only cared about you. Yes. (laughs) It's pretty sweet.
0: Okay. So this this could be interesting. I'd love for you guys to be able to just either throw out some encouragement or advice. I don't know if that's the right word, but. I know you. each of you looking in your own circumstance, it's like, I'm in the middle of it. Like, I haven't arrived. There's still so much uncharted waters looking forward. But each of you are a little further ahead than some people, right? Like, looking back. So I'd love all your pers- your perspectives of what encouragement um, advice would you give to moms and, and, and dads that are just maybe a little bit, their kids are a little bit younger than yours are now?
2: I'll, I'll jump in just with having the older ones. I think, um, you know, when they're toddlers and you're just mired in the cleaning up the spills and the messes and the potty training and all of that, I remember people just saying over and over again, this doesn't last long, this doesn't last long. Like enjoy every minute, it doesn't last long. And I knew that, but I didn't actually know what was coming. And so as the kids get older, I remember them saying like it just gets harder it just gets harder and when they were younger i would think how does it get harder than this like right. i'm exhausted mm-hmm. and i'm cleaning up mess all that i don't do mess but, like i just don't do i don't do the sick and the potty tr- i just don't do any of that very well <laughs> so i was like does it, how does it get harder well it's interesting it it does get harder and i remember like the the big like one of the hardest transitions for us was the first time that we had a boyfriend and the first time that we had a heartbreak. And I was like, oh my goodness. I remember calling up a friend and I was like, no one ever told me this would be so hard for me, mm-hmm. like that I would feel everything that my daughter's feeling. And and that was the roughest phase for us is just learning how to navigate that the first time.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think one of the things that I've learned Now that applies to all the younger ones coming behind them is just not to be afraid of the hard things. So when things don't go our way or we have rejection or we have failure, the growth that has come out of hard things. Now I'm like, okay, bring on the hard things for the next one, because us getting to be intentional and walking through and seeing what that does in their life We're just, I just, as a parent, am not afraid of hard things anymore. And yeah, it doesn't always feel good, but I know what's coming out on the other side. And it's just such a shift from when they were toddlers. So that's my biggest thing with having the older kids. Mm -hmm.
0: What'd you guys say? We don't have to go in order.
2: Um, I
1: just piggyback on what Jen said of like, none of the seasons last forever like when you're in the middle of it. So like just getting out of potty training with my oldest, I felt like we were going to be in this forever. And we were in it forever. (laughs) And she might have a regression and who knows, but like when you're looking at that or like my, my youngest now, like when they're not sleeping through the night, you feel like this is forever. Like this is my life now. We're just never going to sleep again. But just remembering like, yeah, those seasons don't last forever. You're going to get through it. And I'd say one of the biggest things um, like for my husband and I is just remembering like we're on the same team. Um, I think it's really, really easy like when you first start parenting to like forget that. Like I think we forgot that a lot of times when we had our first of like you're still like you're just figuring out how to parent together. Like neither of you have done this. Like all those things of like just remembering we're on the same team and we're going to make mistakes like you're, you're just going to make a lot of mistakes and you're going to grow from them like how Jen said with failures like we're going to have failures as parents and we're just going to grow from it and learn from it and um, like beyond that like just the idea so I try to remember this all the time with my with my kids right now is not to say I can't wait until yeah like, I, I can't wait until we're done with diapers. I can't wait until they're sleeping through the night. I can't wait until they go to school. For, like, all those things. Like, that. just trying to mm-hmm. live in the moment in the season, no matter how hard it is, how tired I am, how drained I am, because they're never going to be this age again. Mm-hmm. Like, we're getting to the point with my oldest. Like, she doesn't want to snuggle as much. Mm-hmm. And, like, we miss it. Like, we yeah. miss just that. Like, that little baby that wants to just fall asleep on you and will just lay there for hours. And so just... Yeah, not saying that. I can't wait until. Like, just live in the moment in the season that you're in, no matter how hard it is. Because you'll be out of it soon enough. That's really good.
0: Is it fair to say, though, I can't wait until my kids don't just walk into my room and, like, throw up on the floor? Yes. (laughs) Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I have Uh, a story
2: on that one because (laughs) one time I was doing laundry and I had, like, all these neatly, you know, stacks of of folded laundry. (laughs) And we had a toddler walk in who got sick Uh, and Sean picked him up and like a sprinkler (laughs) like was like panicking (laughs) like not knowing what to do and literally Watered with throw up my entire the all of the laundry and I remember thinking maybe I can't wait for these. <laughs> yes, got. yes. Of like, can we just teach them to find the bathroom mm-hmm. or right. find the bowl? I love
0: it when they come to your bed and they're like, "I'm going <laughs> to throw up," and like, go to is- the bathroom so, first. Like Over near your head,
3: they're yeah. just looking down at you, like, "I will throw up on your face."
0: They're I'm threatening like- you.
3: Yeah. All right, we can say it for that. Anything that to Okay. Okay. Throw up. okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Amanda, anything you'd add? Yeah,
3: I think one thing that came to mind was remembering that each child is so stinking unique. Mm-hmm. Like you and your husband made these children and you are, you know, the same people for all the children you made and they are all so different. Mm-hmm. And so when you have your first one, you're like, all right, this is what we're going to do. This is what works. And then you have your second one and she crazy.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're yeah. like, yes.
1: okay,
3: whoa. That
1: is, is-, it, is it a second child thing?
3: It might be a second and a fourth. Crazy. I don't know. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's a, help. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I feel like some of the times we treated the girls how we treated another one, and it was a big fail. Mm-hmm. And so maybe now we're getting better, but um, our number four has given us a run for our money. Yeah. Because we're doing all the same things we did with, like, a lot of the good things, and she's she's awesome and super challenging. So I don't know, keeping
2: that in mind and your expectations a little fluid. It's interesting. I had a conversation with my number two the other day and same thing, just walking through just some things that we're working on. And I just made a comment of like, hey, this is normal. Like it's normal to have these challenges. And I could see this look come over her face of like, oh, oh, it is like I'm, a, I'm, a, and I think she's just so used to us having these conversations all the time Mm. that for me to just say, Oh yeah, so-and-so had a challenge. It might be a different challenge, but it's normal to have these, these challenges. And I think for her, that was a little bit of a release of like, Oh, okay. Like I'm not, there's not something wrong with me that I'm, you know, crazy and just always having these conversations and we'll just work through it. And that's how we grow. And that's okay. Yeah, that's good. That's really good.
0: Okay. uh, Change direction a little bit. What, what example Uh, Did you see in your own mom or dad that you would love to emulate or maybe you did emulate with your kids? What's what's something?
3: My mom had just a really awesome can-do attitude. I just love that quality in people. And it would be anything from like there's a spirit day tomorrow and oh, I forgot to tell her and we're digging through and she comes up with like the best outfit that she found in like, you know, whatever, in the house. Um, Or to like I wanted to go on a missions trip. I wanted to go to this. I wanted to play soccer in Europe for a missions trip right in high school and she's like we can do this and I don't know just this sense of like what you want to do let's shoot for it Mm -hmm. and I love that and I want to do that with the girls like within reason Mm -hmm. let's make it happen you know
0: it's funny because Penny wrote that in your Mother's Day card this last week I love that I love your can-do attitude and I was like
3: never more meaningful things (laughs) have been said that's awesome
0: What about you guys?
1: Uh, So I think for me, um, so my parents had a lot going on when um, I was growing up, like a lot of just dysfunction, unhealth, addiction, like all of those things. Um, But the one thing that like, I don't know if it was intentional or unintentional that they did is they always had my brother and I at the church. Mm -hmm. It was like, if the doors were open, we were there for like Sunday, Wednesday nights, any event, like they just had us, it felt like we were there all the time. Um, and I look back at that and I've had conversations with my mom and it was like this, like they knew like where they were in the unhealth of their relationship and their marriage. There was so much they couldn't provide us. And so they sought that out. And I think whether you have a super healthy marriage, an unhealthy marriage, relationships, like whatever that looks like, if you're single parenting, you know, what, whatever your circumstance looks like, you don't have to do it alone. Like we all have spots that it's like there's a reason that we have community. And it's like just finding that community that can fill the gaps that you can't and can provide your kids with things that you can't.
2: I think it's interesting. I have a really similar story. We were just in survival mode growing up. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting because somewhere along the way they found church too. And we were there every time the doors were open. And that was a huge influential moment for me because there were other people in my life that really spoke into my life you know in areas of health and just you know modeling that I may not have had at home yeah
3: Interesting. that's so neat because so I didn't become a Christian till I was in high school so I didn't grow up in the church but when I became a Christian, my youth pastor kind of just let me, like, follow him and his wife around. <laughs> and it was just really, really cool to watch. I mean, it's neat how mom can be kind of a broad Like, we are momed by so many different yes. people. And so the church, you found... Like spiritual people, moms. Yeah. yeah, you found people to watch the way they lived and emulated Jesus. And it was like, that was transformative, you know. So it's neat how we can find moms in so many different ways.
0: Uh, This might be an odd question, but maybe you guys can come up with good answers to an odd question. And you just kind of spoke into it, but I I would imagine the needs, the way you look at church, the way you look at your spiritual community changes as your kids go from, or you go from zero kids to your kids are older. Mm. How have you needed to lean on the church in different ways throughout that process? Has that looked different?
1: I think like not necessarily that I think it's cha- my kids are still so young. So um, but I think one of the things that's changed from not having kids to having kids that is such just a beautiful place of the church. It, and I mean, even the, us sitting here having this conversation is I have been able to find so many different moms in so many different seasons in one place and create relationships. And so it's like for myself, I've been able to learn so much just from different people, which it's like if I was interacting with just moms at my kids school, they're all going to be in the same season as me. For the most part, they might have some kids that are a little bit older, but Mm -hmm. it's like this is the one place that's providing such a broad spectrum of community with like different seasons people are in to like learn and grow.
2: I I agree with that. We um, started out in youth ministry, and that was what—we didn't have any kids at the time, but we would just watch all of—it was mostly the families that were working in youth ministry, and so we would watch the parenting and watch, and just—and we got to be, you know, we got to be witnesses to, you know, their kids starting out, you know, in middle school all the way up through high school and college and just watching. And I've had many a conversation where I call somebody that's ahead of me, and I'm like— Hey, tell me, how do, how do I do this? How do I deal with this? Like what's coming? What do I need to be prepared for? Mm -hmm. And then I've also had conversations with people where I'm like, Hey, you call me when when Mm -hmm. you get there because I'm a little bit ahead of you. Yeah. Well, it's,
3: you know, if I'm sure people listening and us in the room, like church can also be hard, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's, there's sadness and there's grief and there's challenges with church also. So it's not this I don't know. I haven't had just like an idil- idyllic, mm-hmm. is that the word, mm-hmm. experience yeah. with church. And yet, um, I want my children to love the church. Mm-hmm. And so, um, because I know that that's, we're called to partner with the church to bring hope to the world. And so, for me, the biggest thing right now is my kids love being at church. And I'm like, that's the biggest win. And it's not me. It's No, it is you though. Well, it's yeah. maybe tiny part, but also like big picture. It's the people there. It's the programming. It's it's all of it working together.
2: Um I think too, it's you getting up every Sunday morning though and saying, we're going, mm-hmm. you know, because right. how easy is that to say, Those rhythms. I'm tired or yeah. I'm this, or we can just watch online, but that is you. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: So modeling the priority of that, even when church is also hard, you know, and having those conversations with the kids saying things aren't going to, sometimes things are going to not go your way. Someone's going to hurt you. People are going to leave, you know, and yet this is what we're called to do. Mm. And isn't that, there's still so many beautiful parts in it, you know?
0: I think I would add to way back when I would, I would say it comes down to like, how awesome is the music and worship and how awesome is the teaching. Would
3: you say the music is pretty awesome? <laughs> I would say it's
0: pretty awesome. <laughs> Typically. Yeah. Um and, and it's like
3: teaching those. Too. <laughs> and <the teaching> too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And those are like the two the big things. Are so great. Great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's like all. now with the, the, the ages of our kids, it's like, you know, it's like you have kids and they start to get older, like the children's ministry better be awesome. Mm-hmm. And then you you know, you have kids going to middle school, high school. It's like, Oh my goodness, they need to be doing awesome. Mm-hmm. And so I think when for me, it's changed a bit. Be like, it is everything. Like, the whole thing needs to be not perfect, not ideal, but pouring into the family. And let's say we're having a bad season with music and worship. Like, maybe it's like, it consistently it's too loud or the mix is bad or we're having volunteer issues or whatever. Or, or you're attending a church and you're like, I don't like, this is not my preference. Mm-hmm. But good night, like the camp's that our kids are involved with, or the investment that my kid has with, uh, you know, a, a teacher that they have on a Sunday morning and all this stuff. And it's like, those things almost don't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, there's things that are really, really difficult and frustrating. Um, it, it becomes really, really, it, it gets, it gets made up for with, with other areas. Well,
3: I think to teach, I mean, maybe we're going off topic now, but like teaching our kids that your preference mm-hmm. is, you know, it's a preference. But it's not enough to walk away from something, you know. Yeah, you know, like you might not like the music that time or the teaching that time. Oh well, keep digging into your community and to yeah. learning the Bible in class and what what are the things I don't mm-hmm. know. Just stay loyal to what you're called to. Yeah. I
2: had something similar because I grew up in a bi- a large church uh, that was probably similar in that had good music and good teaching. And then when I went to college, it was in a small town and there were just small churches. And I remember just having to, I didn't love it at first, but just having to um, find value in other areas. And I think that's something that we talk with our kids a lot, too, about mm-hmm. just it doesn't have to be perfect according to your preferences, but finding the value Absolutely. that's in people, too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and as you guys were saying that, I was thinking, too, like, the biggest thing, because it's like we want all those great things for our kids. Like, I want my kids to, like, think the kids' ministry is amazing, like all these things, but, it's like, the biggest thing that I want, and I really feel like we have found here, is I want a church that's authentic.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, I just want to walk in and, like, feel like everyone here like genuinely loves my kids. Like all, like just that authenticity that I think sometimes can be faked. Um, and just walking in this place where, yeah, it's not perfect all the time, but the people here, they really do love my family yeah. and everyone's genuine and authentic and it's great.
0: All right. Changing gears, but what is something you'd want dads in general to know about moms? What I mean is you'd you don't have to feel like you're attacking your husband.
2: I have I have, a, I have a good one for this because Sean shared this one. I think we had a, a year's worth of marriage counseling come out of this one. So I think, um, so, you know, at all the different stages, I think being a mom can be such a thankless job. Like you said, Amanda, like the day when they actually are investing back in you, because it's just our job to invest in everybody. And I think sometimes as a mom, you just feel like I'm just here to serve everybody mm. everywhere and there's not a whole lot coming back when we were had younger kids we had uh, it kind of came to a head and I remember Sean coming home one day and mm-hmm. <laughs>
4: yeah.
2: and he said we were having a conversation and, and I think he was frustrated about some things that didn't get done in around the house and he was like hey could you just tell me what you do all day <laughs> and so I had not learned boundaries <laughs> by then. Oh so I proceeded to list for him what I do all day. Uh-huh. And then he followed that up with, Hey, do you think you could write that down for me? Oh. And I remember like this came up literally years later. It was like such an impactful moment. Of just, I, I was, I remember thinking at the end of the day, like, I think I just exist to serve everybody Mm -hmm. and you know dads don't realize like when you have small children actually when you have older children like you could do a million things and it could not look like it by the Mm -hmm. time they get home because life is just chaotic and crazy and I think even as they get older and now you're running in and out and dropping stuff off and trying to make it to the grocery store and trying to do it there's just I just wish that um I wish that my husband back then would have realized that I just needed someone to pour into me as mm-hmm. much as I was pouring out mm-hmm. to everybody else, and mm-hmm. we did we did get there like however many years later, <laughs> and like a year's worth of marriage counseling later. But <laughs> I I think if there was one thing for the younger dads to know is just that we moms need someone pouring into us right where we're at. Yeah, and that act I think
3: my thing um, that I would love for dads to do. This isn't awkward. Just kidding. <laughs> is so when we have all these things on our list, because we've got like the internal list of all the things we have to do. And it's a lot and it's overwhelming. And then a dad comes in and says, you know, what can I do? And you're like that. Sometimes that feels like another thing on it's my list. So true. Is then to need to communicate to you or dads in general <laughs> um, what needs to happen. So what I would love for dads to do is to have eyes to see um, what, what <laughs> Nick is laughing as I'm talking. I'm Are you muted? I'm so sorry. True.
0: <laughs> I was laughing quietly.
3: Use your eyeballs, man.
0: I think it's good. I think what you're saying is great. Keep going. No, Use eyes, eyes to see. Yeah, just have eyes, see. have eyes to see.
3: Have eyes to see and that intentionality of when you come into the room after where you've been, what can I do? What can I take off Amanda's plate without saying, what can I do, Amanda? Because that is really, really, um, like when you just jump in and see what's going on and you do this often, then it just is a relief to me. It's like a not, not another thing on my list than to communicate to you what I need you to do.
1: That's so true. Yeah. yeah. And I think like off that too, um, one thing that I've been working on and trying to get better is like communicating when I need a break or I do need help. Because like, mm-hmm. I think it's really easy for myself and probably a lot of us as moms to just like Like, I'll just do, like, I got it all. Like, like, we just think we have to do it ourselves. And um, Sean, my husband, and I had this conversation of, um, he actually did this. And I was like, I think other dads need to hear this. So he went on, like, a trip and he was gone. And when he came home, he, without me knowing, planned an entire day where it was like, I'm going to take the kids. You're going to go, like, have a spa day by yourself. And I I don't think it always needs to be that grand of a thing, but I think sometimes we're bad at communicating, I need this. Mm -hmm. So even if it is as like the dad being like, hey, Thursday night, we have nothing on our calendar. Why don't I take the kids and you go out with your girlfriends Mm -hmm. or you go just buy like go to Starbucks by yourself and go read a book. Instead of us having to ask like, hey, I want to go out Thursday night with my girlfriends. Can you hang out with the kids? Just seeing that, like, hey, nothing's on our calendar. You should go do this. Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes, like, we also feel like it's a burden to be like, well, I want to go do this. And maybe then, like, in my head, I start running like, well, has he had, like, enough time out of the house, too? Especially since we both work full time. Like, has he gone out to go hang out with friends? And then I feel like, oh, well, I shouldn't ask or, yeah. But I think just setting something up ahead of time where it's like, hey, go do this and I'll take care of it at home. And then take care of it at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, nice. like let me come home to, like, no dishes and kids in bed. Uh. Like, you know, the things <laughs> that, like, we would normally do,
3: too. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I came home the other day from, where was, I don't know. But Nick was um, with the girls. And Nick's probably better about, like, just, he you are much better about just chilling out with the children. And so I walked and in. you, you mean? Than me. Okay. And so I walked in and I was like, it looks like a frat house in here. <laughs> and I got you, a twitchy eye. You ask him what he did on that? <laughs> Thank you, Make Jen. List. No, I couldn't. I made
0: frozen pizza. We made a fire no, outside. No, Hey,
3: no, friends. First of all, it looks like a frat house and I couldn't find him. And then I smelled the fire. So it was like 645 and Nick was sitting out at the fire and it looked like a frat house. And so I had messaged him like, hey, what's the plan for dinner? And then I got the message back, like, there is no plan for dinner. And this is 645 in the front house and the fire. And I'm like, I got a twitchy eye. But then I looked, and he was playing a card game with a Mm -hmm. child at the fire. And I was like, you know...
0: That okay. was a good
3: thing. Okay, fine. <laughs> Frat house, fine. No, so I I was able to walk around and clean up a little bit and then that, you know, can set your mood a little on the right direction. Little does
0: she know it was completely staged just to get me out of hot water. I'm like, yeah, Hey you- kid, come over here. Give me those cards.
3: <laughs> it was like you heard the garage door <gasps> and then you were like
0: We all panicked. Oh no. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, all right, so now I'm gonna tell you what I wish women knew. I'm just <laughs> My
3: gosh, what do, what would you tell other dads?
1: I'm not yeah. Father's
0: Day's coming up. We'll, we'll, oh, tell other dads. Oh, yeah. oh I, I wasn't prepared to answer.
1: Um, I have one more thing to say with that, and I don't know. Maybe you can take this out. I don't know if it'll fit. Um, it. And maybe not all moms feel this way, but I do feel like a lot of times as moms and dads probably don't even realize this. And I don't know what you do with this because we can't really change it. I think we hold a much different mental capacity for our children and their needs like it's something that never turns off and I think dads in a sense can turn that off like that's a different box like when they go to work they don't need to like think about that And not that they're not thinking about their kids but I think it's just very different the mental space that we hold for our children which is Mm -hmm. even more draining than just for all the other things of you know the constant like you get home and I have little ones and it's like they're just screaming for me all the time and it's like Yeah, it just adds to that mental exhaustion that I think we have as moms is just the capacity that we carry for thinking about our kids all Mm -hmm. day long. Mm -hmm.
0: You know, I think one thing I would add, we learned this early on and we're having to keep learning it. And that is the goal is not for like everything is 50-50 fair. Mm -hmm. And, And so there's just the, it can't be this constant, you know, weighing system. And one, one practical thing that I think we've been doing that, that works is I think it was this year or last year, once sports and school demands just kept increasing, we had a conversation that it was like, okay, I'll Nick handle all the sports stuff. That means registrations, correspondence, schedule, put it on the calendar, mm-hmm. who needs to be, you know, where and when, and all that kind of stuff. And then it was like, you're doing school. Yeah. So it's like performances again, You'd registration. Ignore the
3: school emails.
0: I can ignore the school emails and you could ignore the sports stuff. And I do. Uh, Because it's like we can, so it's not about fairness because there's different seasons where it's like there's a bazillion school things going on right now, but it just put it in the categories where it's like, I can take that and knock it out of the park and not, be filtering from so many different yes
3: and you're doing a really good job It was funny the other day at basketball a mom was like do you know when the game is and I was like no <laughs> Nick and I have a codependent relationship in the area <laughs> of sports management he manages all the sports and I'm like
0: 315 they're wearing black and they need to be awesome yes.
3: yeah, she yeah. goes you mean you don't even know like when or where I'm like uh-uh I just jump in the car
0: <laughs> but the same thing is so like just saying when like- is the Shakespeare performance I don't know They <laughs> feel like there's 14 of them right now there are
2: I love that because you know, you mentioned earlier too that when you when he asks what he can do to help and you're like, Well, it's hard for me to it's another thing for me to do Identify, to tell you. Yeah. But you also just slid in there like I also need to trust that you're actually gonna do it. And we've Sean and I have had that conversation a number of times of like I just need a partner and Mm -hmm. I just need someone that if you say you're going to do this part of it, like it sounds like you do a great job with your role (laughs) that I can trust that I don't have to worry about that because otherwise it's just another thing that I'm like, did you have to go back? Yes. Yes, And so I love that just partnership.
0: Okay. So I have a, a couple more questions for you guys. I know you have places to be. What was the most challenging season for you as a mom and why?
2: I think for me, you know, I joke around about when they were little and not doing potty training and not doing when getting sick and all that stuff. I think for me, when they started growing up and having failures that like just hard things, I think that was the most challenging side of just learning to, you know, it's different when they're little and they're just, you know, learning to walk or, you know, they hit their brother or sister, you know, but just when they get bigger and Some of the things affect other people or they reflect back on us or it affects their future and just learning how to navigate the hard things Mm -hmm. and not, like I said earlier, not being afraid of those things and just trusting in the process and the growth. But also at the same time as a mom, you mentioned just that capacity we have for our kids. It's hard to let that go sometimes because That's something that doesn't just easily go away. And then you multiply that by however many kids you have. I think that's been the most challenging season is just not realizing how much that affects me as a mom. Even though, you know, Sean, it's easy for him to say like, like you said in the car the other day, that was a year ago. Let it go. Move on. Mm -hmm. As a mom, it doesn't go away. Mm -hmm. And so that's been the most challenging thing of just learning how to separate my identity from my kids, but also still be there to parent and have the advice and walk through that, but not let it affect me like it's affecting them. Yeah. Mm. I'm still Ooh. figuring that one out.
0: <laughs> yeah. Jory, what would you say?
1: Uh, well, jokingly, I would say April 25th at 6 a.m. Uh, my oldest woke up as a three year old and our whole life changed.
0: Oh, uh, like, it was a switch. Well, is she
1: challenging right now? Oh my gosh. Like people say three is hard. And I was like, I'm sure it's going to be hard. It was like overnight, like literally the moment she woke up three, she didn't stop crying all day. Like Uh. her world was ending. Uh. Um, But besides that, I would say like for us, um, I feel like the first six months of like each of our kids has been the hardest having young kids because it was like the first six months after we had our first it's like we're just trying to figure out like it's like my whole identity has changed now and like now our marriage is different and our house is like everything gets flipped upside down and then we added a second one in and then it was like for those first six months it was just like everything just fell in chaos and I don't do well in chaos and my husband doesn't like he's even worse than me in chaos so it was like one of those like i feel like the first 6 months was like the hardest seasons for us and one thing that someone told us and so for you know people that have really young kids um they said to us they're like don't make any big decisions in your first 6 months mm-hmm. Like, don't make any big decisions about your kids, about your relationship, about yourself. Like, Mm. don't make any big decisions or changes in the first six months because everything is viewed through this like terrible lens of chaos, basically. (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) Your hair is falling out. Seriously, it is. Like, everything is going wrong. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think back to newborn. So, our first three were really close. So, we had newborns, like, breastfeeding mom, a one year old. A one and a half year old and a three-year-old and I'm like goo. <laughs> like when I think like back why? to those times <laughs> to like I just get like nervous you know
0: I think one thing that's unique about our family right now Amanda is that the because there was a gap between three and four starting over so many things that we had like oh, we had we were we were past that yeah um like, okay, so we're, we're having the challenges of we have a 14-year-old daughter and 12-year-old daughter and 10-year-old daughter. And some of the things that they're going through right now, Caroline will be going into high school next year. There's a lot of new dynamics that are already entering the picture. But then I walk into my five-year-old's room and I'm like, why does it smell like pee? Like so strong. You know, so there's there's that challenge of like, I wish we were past this right now. You said that earlier. And uh, just like, because there's so many articles of clothing in the air that have just been peed in and just like thrown into the corner Someone, or something. You know what? what?
3: Someone should clean her room.
0: I honestly had visions of like just a shovel <laughs> and Eyes a trash bag to today. <laughs> shovel and trash bag.
3: Like a snow, like a big snow shovel. Let's get a snowblower in there. Yeah. I don't know. No, shred a them snowblower, up. No, would just.
0: Yeah. Shred them up. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm curious for you guys, and and this is probably counterintuitive than you would normally be but I would love to know and I think it'd be good for you to say what is something that you're you're proud of yourself that you've you've done as a mom
2: I'd say uh just in one thing that I feel like we could say that we've done well is being consistent and so just trying to parent with a big picture in mind of where we want them to end up and so Usually, when we say, Hey, if this happens, or if you don't do this, here's the consequence. We've really tried to never say anything we wouldn't follow through on. Mm. And we've, it, I now that my kids are older, they'll come back. And you can tell, like, when we're having these conversations, their eyes get really big because they know that we'll do it if we say that we're going to do it because mm. we've just proven that over time. And we've made some tough decisions where we kind of feel like we've gotten. You know, we were homeschoolers, and that was kind of part of our identity, and we had one kid that really we were having some issues with, and finally we got to the point where we had to say, if this continues happening, we're going to put you into school in the middle of the year in eighth grade, Mm-mm. mm-hmm. and and I said that out loud, and then I was like, "Oh, <laughs> no, that means... And sure enough, we put that child in school, brand new school, didn't know a soul, She, no phone, no nothing. Like, we're just like, we're going to drop you off and wow. leave you at the door. And if this continues happening, and it did, and we did it. And that was life-changing for her that semester. Number one, she trusts that if we say this is going to mm-hmm. happen, it's going to happen. But then it was also a hard decision and a hard thing, but we felt like, we just had to, with a big picture in mind, she had to learn a couple lessons. And so I think that's one thing we'd say that, like, our kids know that if we say we're gonna do something, we're gonna do it. So.
0: What are you proud of yourself?
2: S- well, so
3: far, I think what we've done well is open lines of communication. Mm-hmm. Like, the girls know that there's no off topic topic. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that's shocking or they'll say like, I want to tell you or talk to you about something and you're like,
4: yes. don't let it hurt.
3: <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, Cause sometimes it is hurtful or it's hard or it's something you don't want to know that your kid has to experience. Mm-hmm. This world is just tough, mm-hmm. but so far and it's not always that day. Like a kid will be mopey or mm, for like a day and then eventually they'll be like, here's what's going on. So far there we're. I feel like we're, doing well with that. And if we can keep, I don't know how you guys were, but it seems different than past generations. Like the things that my kids are talking to me about, Mm -hmm. I didn't talk to my mom about. Mm -hmm. And so I feel kind of empowered in that way. Like, oh, cool. We have so many good opportunities if we keep this open communication going.
0: Mm -hmm. And uh, to be more specific without being, you know, letting too much out, you know, those conversations when your kid's like, I don't know about God.
3: Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, it's like, wait, 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 whoa, whoa. You, you already expressed your faith. You got baptized. You just want to like shut it down and like deny it. But it's like, yeah, I just don't know. Like these things aren't adding up. These things aren't making sense, but you've done a good job of like, okay, let's talk about that.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that would seem to be an off topic thing for a pastor's kid to say, Mm -hmm. but it's, not in our house. Let's just sit, let's circle the wagons. And mm-hmm. so I hope we can continue that because they are youngish.
0: Mm-hmm. What about you, Joy?
1: Um, I'd say for me, just trying to create a different narrative in our house with, you know, our kids are still so young right now of there is space for your feelings. Mm-hmm. Like there's space for those big emotions. Um, Cause I didn't grow up that way. It was like those big feelings should be in your bedroom. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, instead of and then realizing like what Amanda said, like our all of our kids are unique and different. And what my oldest is gonna need in the midst of her big feelings is probably gonna be different than you know, when my youngest starts going through that. But just being able to recognize, you know, when my three-year-old is melting down, that whatever she's upset about is probably the most devastating thing that's actually happened to her
4: mm-hmm. in mm-hmm.
1: in the last in her life in her entire yeah. life. Yeah. Um, and so, just trying to keep that in our house, where like it's oh, like this should be a safe place to feel all your feelings, whether they're right or wrong, or you know, all the things of it's how you feel and we should be as parents like a safe place for you to feel that and so there's tons of times that I feel like triggered by that and I do want to shut it down and all of that but just trying to remind myself and I think we've uh, we've done a good job at that of like I'll hold you while you cry your eyes out for 30 minutes if that's what you want and it's taking a lot out of me to like not be triggered by that and allow that to happen or you know, not want to just be like, you know, go feel your big feelings over there. Um, but it's like they need that. They need to know that we are a safe place for them to feel big emotions and process those. That's good. And, you know, learn and talk through that uh, even at three and try to put language to, you know, why do we feel that? Because I, I don't feel like I got that where it's like, you know, as an adult, sometimes it's like. I never learned how to process my emotions well. Like, (laughs) I don't know why I'm feeling that or like Mm -hmm. why I can't express that or, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think we've just done a good job at changing that narrative in our house.
0: Mm -hmm. That's good. Is there anything that, before we wrap up, that you just like, I'd love to add this, even if it's like way off where we are right now.
1: Can I add one more thing back to the community part? And I don't know what that looks like in this. Um, Because I think sometimes, so we process through, so we're in a small group right now we process through like what does that look like because we have tiny kids and you know all those things and so just talking back about like finding that community and spiritual community and we have made a priority like no matter what even if our kids are absolute train wrecks we still have small group every single week (laughs) and it's utter chaos in our house because other people bring their kids and they're just like running around screaming and playing while we're trying to do this like devotional Mm -hmm. And it seems super chaotic, and I think sometimes those of us with with really small kids, we just decide, like, in this time, in this season, we're not going to be in a small group, or we're going to be in a small group outside of our significant other because of childcare situations or all of that, and no matter how chaotic it is every Monday night in our house, like, I just think of what we're modeling to those kids that are running around in chaos mm-hmm. of, like... All their parents are around a table reading a devotional, yeah. doing a Bible study, talking about life, talking about we, what we learned on Sunday. And we're not letting our kids get in the way of that. Like it's fine for them to just run around mm-hmm. and be loud around us instead of saying like, hey, just in the season, because it seems too hard, mm-hmm. we're not going to do it. It's like, no, even though it's hard and it's challenging and sometimes I'm exhausted and it's the last thing that I want to do, we make space for that. Mm-hmm. And it's like and it, we just know it's going to be chaos and that's fine.
3: I think one thing is um, with our fourth child, Nick and I keep saying, we have never had this happen before.
4: (laughs) Uh
3: (laughs) And so the things that we're experiencing with the fourth child were like, I, as a mom, would have judged, not outwardly, I probably would have stuffed it. But if another mom said, my child did this, I would have been like, you better get your act together. Mm -hmm. You better have some consequences, right? And now we have this fourth child who's, who is, you know, being five, but doing things that we've never had happen before. And I just think like, how humbling it is, and how Mm -hmm. gracious we should be towards other moms and dads, because we don't know what's coming. Mm -hmm. And we probably likely will find ourselves going, this has never happened. Like, This has never happened before, you know? So I don't know, just being gracious with other parents and assuming that you don't know the whole story when you see a kid acting Mm -hmm. out or behaving a certain way. Um,
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think along the same lines, so my oldest uh, is playing basketball in college. And um, just so she went a semester early just to adjust. And then she's officially playing starting next year. And so she had a whole semester to adjust. And we've had a lot of conversations about just what it looks like to be a Division One athlete and just balance. And um, I found myself with her saying over and over again, I think that you're learning to have grace for yourself in some of these areas. And so there just has to be a balance. You can't be perfect at everything. And along those same lines, I've found myself late at night, you know, thinking, I wonder if that's just a great lesson for all of us of just having, learning to have not just grace for other people. I think that's easier sometimes than having grace for yourself and just not being afraid of those hard things. I know that's like our journey right now is just not being afraid of hard things, having grace for yourself and just knowing that it's all about the journey and what's coming out on the other side of that.
1: That's so good. Good.
0: Well, thank you so much for taking the time. You guys have a lot of experience. You're, you're I, I appreciate that you're willing to share what you're learning now. I, I know, you know, we mentioned it a couple of times, but I know from knowing you guys, you don't believe that you've arrived. But so it can be difficult to share like what you've learned because it's like, hey, there's still so many things in my life that, you know, we're still figuring out. But I think you guys have shared things that are really, really needed. People need to hear it. And uh, I think it'll be really helpful for people. So thank you for being on the podcast.
2: Thank you, for Nick.
3: Having
0: us. Thanks for having us. And uh, we'll meet back here in one year. Sound good?
3: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll know so much more by then.
0: <laughs> well, thanks again for joining us on Rocky Unscripted. If you'd like to find out more about our church, you can go to rocky.church slash this week. And no matter when you're listening, it'll always be up to date. We love to connect with you. and love to serve you as much as we can. Please share the podcast, rate us, review us, That helps us be seen by more and more people. Love you guys, and we'll catch you next time.